0: Jay Allen. Jay Jay, Jay. Jay Allen on Safety FM. Welcome to Safety FM, where we talk about safety that's truly inspired by you. Hello and welcome to Safety FM. This is Jay Allen. This episode and all episodes are sponsored by Safety Focus Moment. They are a consultant group that can help your company achieve the safety culture that you're trying to achieve. For more information, go to safetyfocusmoment.com. Well, hello, and I feel like I've been gone for a long period of time, but it's only actually been a little bit over a week. Over the last week, I've had the opportunity to attend the American Society of Safety Professionals, Safety 2018, which was held in San Antonio, Texas. This has been one of the better conferences that I was able to attend within the last year. Eloquent speakers, great information that was provided. They had a pre-conference, they had a post-conference. I was overall enthused and very excited about the information that was provided throughout the conference. So today I'm actually finally back in Orlando, Florida, a little bit more human than what it has been for the last uh, few days when I've been out to Texas, and then I had the excellent opportunity to attend New Mexico and be able to meet with some colleagues out there. So that was quite fantastic, I was out in the Santa Fe Taos area. Anyways, that's neither here nor there. The last time that we sat here together, I had the conversation with you where we talked about safety supervisors and the importance of supervisors. And We had a lot of response inside of that particular podcast, so I really do appreciate you reaching out. You guys continue to listen to the podcast and subscribe to the podcast. I am very appreciative for the people that are listening to the podcast. It's been amazing over the last week. Once again, we were able to be within the top 10 under the education category inside of Apple Podcasts. And also, we were within the top 200, actually within the top 100 inside of Apple Podcasts, so I really do appreciate it. If you are enjoying the actual podcast, feel free to always come over to our website at safetyfm.com, or you can always come to our live stream service at safetyfm.com. Listen now, or you can go to safetyfm.live. Anyways, I do appreciate that. As I did say last week, we would be talking this week about the questions that you had that were related to safety that had been sent in. Unfortunately, we have not been able to get this phone thing worked out properly. So we're going to go ahead and read the questions and then I will answer them to the best of my ability and go from there. Okay, so as we go forward doing this, I'm going to break this up a little bit differently than I have done in the past. I will actually say question number, opposed to just going to answer the question. Um, last time, there's a little bit of confusion when it came to me answering some of the questions and some of the answers. So I want to go ahead and break this down as easily as possible. First question that came about was from Alexa, Alexa S from Columbus, Ohio. Her question deals with, what do you recommend if I lost my OSHA 30 card? Well, it depends on what exactly you mean by losing it. If you lost it or you've totally misplaced the card and you need a replacement card, there's a couple of things that you can do. Let's start off with number one, contacting OSHA to get the copy of the card. Not going to be worth your while because OSHA does not maintain records of the card. What you'll need to do is reach out to the company that trained you on obtaining the OSHA card, if you contact them, they should have your transcripts on file of when they actually originally completed the training for you. Now, here's the thing. Most organizations do not have to maintain that card on file for longer than five years. After five years, if they don't have it on file, that's perfectly fine. The bad news for you will be the following. You would actually need to go back and retake that whole course. And if you did take the 30 hour course, which is the reference piece here, you'll have to do the whole thing over again. So hopefully they're able to locate the card for you. If it doesn't work out, please let me know. We have some recommendations on where we could actually get you some information on where you could actually obtain the course if you're looking for somebody new to list it to you there. that's a really good question. What I always recommend to the people that I have done business with or have worked for me directly is to always make copies of all that information Um, when it comes to your, any kind of card, even, anything related to being an instructor. The reason behind it is that there, if you ever misplace it, at least you have a tangible copy on where you can get it. I'm a big fan of doing things also digitally. Um, that way I store it into a cloud service, which because this would be realistic, it's really just a computer. Um, but you're actually storing it somewhere else just in case if you lose it, where you'll have multiple copies. So I really do appreciate the question, Alexa. Question number two that came in, do you believe in the Heinrich theory? Well, that's one of those questions that is, gets pretty interesting when it comes to me. When I first started off within my safety career, I'm not sure 100% what exactly I did believe. The theory for one of the companies that I did work for, they did believe in the 300 accidents that cause no injuries lead to 29 accidents that, um, that cause minor injuries that lead to one major injury overall. Now I did believe in that theory and I I had to tell you it was the foundation of a lot of the things that I did when it was related to safety when I first started and really understanding those principles. And I was one of those head cheerleaders per se um, within the company saying, this is the This is exactly how it works. Absolutely, this is what what ends up taking place. But when you start breaking that down, that theory is based off of behavior-based safety, which there's nothing wrong with that. But if you think about it, this is what says that 95% of all workplace accidents are caused by unsafe acts. So you could get this a little bit confused with believing that your issues that you have inside of an organization are caused by the worker. I'm not a big believer in that. I believe there are issues that do occur, but that is not the main theory that I like to go with. I believe more in human and organizational performance piece opposed to actually believing in behavior-based safety. But I'll tell you after the conference that I was at earlier in the week, it's amazing on how some of those two concepts and how they're almost starting to see a little bit more eye to eye, but I, I will get into that a little bit further and some of the other podcasts to come up. And thank you for the question, I really do appreciate it. Next question comes from Robert Z. I don't know if I mentioned who who actually said the last question, the last question came from Fort Lauderdale, Florida, and it was Scott J from Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Next question, which is question number three, is coming from Robert Z from Lodi, New Jersey. This question is, what is the proper way to do an inspection? Well, I guess the first question that you have to ask yourself is what exactly are you inspecting? And what is the company that you work for say, what are the guidelines and the requirements of the inspection? now what i can do is that i have a a gentleman that actually is involved a little bit here with safety fm by the name of scott aid and i can have him actually do what he does out in the field from a construction piece and we can post that on our website on how how he does his inspections and just have a little bit of information on how that's perceived so you can come to our website at safetyfm.com and then we'll have that discussion on how inspections are done being as the question's a little bit generic and i do apologize about saying that robert but I just want to make sure that we do have a clear understanding on what you're inspecting. What you want to put down, though, is what exactly you're doing and then what are you're looking for. And then that would probably alleviate a little bit of the problem of what question exactly that you're answering so, or asking. With that being said, just come to our website, safetyfm.com. I'll, I'll talk to Scott, see if we can post a, him doing an inspection, and then we can just follow along on how exactly he does it. Thanks for the question. And we'll be right back right after this jay allen jay Jay, Jay. Jay allen on safety fm building relationships during recovery from mental and substance use disorders can put the strength of family and community behind you we're all connected offering encouragement support and hope join the voices for recovery strengthen families and communities for confidential information on mental and substance use disorders, including prevention and treatment referrals for you or someone you know, call 1-800-662-HEALTH. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Safetyfm.com I'm jumping in with my clothes on. Most party fouls are pretty dumb, but if you decide to drink and drive underage, you could lose your license and your freedom. Learn more at ultimatepartyfoul.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Safety FM, changing safety cultures, one broadcast and one podcast at a time. Okay, question number four comes from Nikki K from Arlington, Texas. Her question says, where is the best place to gather knowledge about safety? Well, being as safety is such a wide and big word on what all it covers, it's very difficult to give you a precise answer. So here, here's what I'm gonna recommend. I would say probably grab a hold of as many books as you can in regards of safety. If you've already been to college, I would say do some uh, continuing education courses in that particular regard, if you haven't been to college yet, I would recommend going into a good college course that's related to safety. A lot of what I've noticed here in the industry as of late is you have a lot of psychologists that come into the industry. You have a lot of people that have focused on other items um, that come into the industry. But what you probably want to do then is that if you already have a degree in something else, is just get as many get a hold of as many books as you can in regards to safety. They're always good good points. And then depending on what is your, your main focus on what you're looking for in that particular safety arena, that's what I would say to go after. What I I actually look at is I look at a lot of the stuff from the department of transportation. I look at a lot of the stuff from FAA. Um, I look at a lot of things that deal with manufacturing. Those are the, the kind of items of safety that I look into just from the particular regards of what a lot of the industries that I deal with. So that would probably be my my starting point. So just really look into what exactly you're interested in first and then jump into those particular style of safety books. I will tell you the Department of Energy has some great information out there if you're looking at HOP. So just go ahead and probably pull up that information. I really do appreciate the question. Question number five comes from Tom M from St. Joseph, Michigan. This question says, do employees have the time to do the work safely, or do they feel pressure to take shortcuts to get the job done? Now that is a very interesting question. And I wonder if that's one of those questions that you would probably need to ask an empo- your employee prior to asking me, but here's what I have. Every job is under the pressure to get completed on time and under budget. Of course, that's what most management looks like. Under such pressure, supervisors and workers may look for shortcuts. Instead, pressure should be handled with better planning, including better planning with sufficient time of safety. If time isn't sufficient, additional resources may need to be added to make sure that safety isn't sacrificed. A lot of times we don't take into account how much time you're going to need to make sure that you accomplish something safely. And that's one of those things that we have to look at as an organization when we're building out projects or plans to make sure that we're allocating sufficient time for our employees team members to get the work done properly and into a safe manner. I will tell you, I sat in into a conference, like I said earlier in the week, and this gentleman was talking about how we need to focus on doing things right. There was a reference piece during his course on how we need to make sure that we're talking correctly to management on when we need something additional and opposed to giving them guidelines and numbers and referencing this code says x you need to talk to your management speaking the same language that they speak if you walk in there and you start telling them a code number they're probably not going to pay that much attention to you so making sure that you speak to your management the same way that you would want them to speak to you in a common bond language. Okay, question number six comes from Jose R from Show Low, Arizona. I hope that's correct, Show Low, Arizona. So here's his question. Are there needs and tendencies of younger, older, and immigrant workers distinguished and addressed? So one more time that question is, are there needs and tendencies of younger, older, and immigrant workers distinguished and addressed? Younger workers are particularly vulnerable to injuries since they are often reluctant to say anything for fear of appearing unsure or incapable. They need to be mentored and encouraged by older workers. Older workers sometimes develop develop overconfidence in their safety awareness. There may be a need for additional training or licenses to make sure to work more safely immigrant workers are also more vulnerable. They need bilingual mentors and training on safety rights and responsibilities. So you have to keep into consideration exactly on who your audience is. You're going to have that younger worker that's going to show up and he's not going to be 100% sure or she's not going to be 100% sure on how certain work is done. Then you'll need your experienced worker to assist them. But sometimes you can run into the issue where that older worker will turn around and say, well, this is how we train people to do it, and then this is what we really need to do instead. Now, if that's the case, that's something entirely different. That's something that we need to take a look at and determine, hey, can this be something that we put inside of a manual or a book to develop our procedures and process correctly? Because you don't want them to give the younger worker different information than what's being trained. When it comes to the immigrant worker, that's where it gets interesting. You need to make sure that they can understand the process and procedure that you're implementing. And I know that if language is a barrier when it comes to that particular standpoint, that's where you're gonna run into the issues on how do you give the information. I did sit through a class recently where the gentleman spoke and he said that they had to build a whole training program that had absolutely no words in the training program everything was based on drawings that way everyone could understand what needed to be done i thought it was definitely an interesting approach on how it was managed but it's something that can be done because he was in a fortune 500 company and they ended up developing a whole training program just like that okay question number seven comes from christina m from glendale california Besides Safety FM Podcasts, what other podcasts do you listen to? Well, Christina, I like that. I, I'm glad that you assume that I actually listen to my own podcast, which, of course, that is true. Now, I will tell you, I do spend quite often um, time listening to Todd Coughlin's Pre-Accident Investigation Podcast. I find it one of the most interesting ones that's out there. Um, I have been recently turned um, tuned in to some other podcasts that have come about, but that's the one that I can tell you that I do listen to the most. He has a lot of information. Very knowledgeable gentleman in regard to what's going on in the industry, and I really think that it's one of the better podcasts that is related about safety that's out there and available. Now, Todd has, I want to say, somewhere, if I remember correctly, one of his last podcasts he referenced that he had over 500 episodes and I did listen to one recently where he recapped one of his older episodes it was a really good episode so if you do get a chance I'm gonna go over there to Todd Coughlin website or you can I think he has his uh, podcast on Podbean in particular but it is available on Apple podcast and it is called the pre-accident investigation and do keep in mind that if you do go listen to Todd's podcast He also does have a a book that's entitled The Same Thing. It's Pre-Accident Investigation and Introduction to Organizational Safety. So just in case if you find the book and not the podcast, it is titled The Same Thing. But I would say give it a listen. It is definitely worth listening to. Well, that's all the questions that I'm going to cover today. I really do appreciate everybody sending in the questions um, what I will do here over the next couple of weeks. We're going to probably tie in some stuff that we that we heard over at the good old American Society of Safety Professionals Conference. And we're going to have some guests on. We'll have this phone thing fixed. We'll have them probably call in. We'll have some conversation with them, and I think you guys will pretty much be excited with some of the guests that will be coming on and the level of knowledge that these people will have in regards of safety. And I'm pretty excited about it. Please stay tuned, and we will get those out here in the next few weeks where you can take a listen to it. And for now, I've been your safety manager and host, Jay Allen, and you've been listening to Safety FM. And until next time, be safe. No part of this podcast may be reproduced, stored in a retrieval system, or transmitted in any form or by any means, mechanical, electronic, recording, or otherwise, without prior written permission of the creator of the podcast, Jay Allen. Join the fun fun on social media and find us on Facebook at SafetyFM.